Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. Supercoach All-Stars podcast. This is Barnsley back again after a two-week hiatus, um, or one-week hiatus, I should say. Um, as some of you might have seen on Twitter, I am, uh, my wife gave birth to a, a baby girl last Wednesday, so it's been exactly one week. So that's why I haven't been on. Um, thanks very much for the messages and everything else um, personally and on Twitter and stuff and Facebook and whatever. It's been lovely, um, obviously getting used to things, but ready to get stuck back into the NRL um, one of the things that it did manage to do, though, is it has played havoc with my super coach season. So, um, yeah, it hasn't haven't been able to get to it um, the last week. And unfortunately, what that meant was that I ended up leaving the C on Ponga accidentally. So I got his massive score, not really, on the weekend. Um, and I also meant to have it on Teddy and missed out on that massive score. And if that wasn't bad enough, I obviously didn't see that Latrell Mitchell was out as well and had Jared Croker waiting to put in for him that I could have done, but I didn't. So I got an AU Milford as well. Didn't go great, but that's what happens. Wouldn't have made too much difference anyway. Um, Season's almost over. But one of the things that we're going to do now that we're back on air, Billy's not going to be on today, so it is going to be a solo pod with myself. It is going to be a bit of a shorter one because we are at the back end of the season and it's going to be one for the next fortnight. Um, so next week we won't have one. The week after we're going to have a season wrap-up pod with Billy and possibly some other guests as well. We're, we're going to wrap up the 2019 season for Supercoach and go through a few things. Should be a lot of fun. Um, but let's get stuck into it. So for today, what we're going to be going through is, first of all, um, a bit of strategy for the next two weeks. So certainly the strategy for head-to-head and overall players is going to change for the next two-week period. Um, So there's only two rounds in the season left. Obviously, it's much different to when there's 12 rounds left in the season. If you've got trades left, you're at a massive advantage. Uh, You can do some really good stuff at this point of the season, um, seeing value and, and different things that we're going to talk about. So we'll go through that and some ins and outs with that, and then we'll do a quick TLT analysis as well to look at this round's games. So first off with the strategy, um, one of the big things that you can look at is selling big names and buying based on the next one to two rounds. Um, So certainly, you know, it's much easier to win a trade across only two rounds versus, say, 12 rounds. So, for example, we'll talk about some players later, but if you were to trade, say, Tommy Turbo um, out in round 10 for Pappenhausen at uh, the Storm, that's going to be a much harder trade to win over the course of the next 15 rounds because there's so much games left to play and eventually Turbo's probably going to put together a few 120 scores and and be the better player over that period. When you're only talking about two weeks, though, you can really uh, win those trades quite comfortably. So certainly throw throw a lot of what's happened in the season out the window when there's only a couple of rounds left um, because... Over a couple of rounds, really, uh, everyone's on equal basis. You should look at every player as being kind of almost the same, um, provided they're obviously not plebs or or bench players, uh, and just sort of look at the next two rounds. And there's a few little things that you can check out to see what you might be able to do to do something a little bit different. Uh, First thing is uh, looking at the draws. So obviously there's the next two rounds, so even some of the... I guess more fancied super coach options may not have a great draw the next two rounds 
particularly though for this week, um, you definitely want to be looking at this week and favouring this week even more. Uh, the reason I say that is because that last round of the season, and even now, you're going to get a lot more players that are rested and a lot of late changes um, compared to, say, two months ago. And the last round, there's going to be a lot of teams that maybe have have their season and fate already finalised. What their result is isn't going to make a difference, and that's both for top eight teams and non-top eight teams as well. Um, and that can mean a lot of resting, a lot of reduced minutes, and generally stuff all over the place for Supercoach. So certainly I would um, look at this round a little bit more than the last round when I'm waiting the next two weeks and what I'm going to be doing. Um, there's potentially some um, role changes as well, um, where you're going to have some younger guys come in um, that can play a bit of havoc as well with that. As always, wait to trade. Um, so when you're going through the round, definitely this week and next week, wait to make your trades because, again, the Latrell example, you know, you might find yourself, if Latrell was out, say, this week and not last week, it means you're only going to get one game out of him in the last two rounds. You might want to bench your trade ideas or just one of your trade ideas and get rid of Latrell. And that might be a trade that you need to change during the weekend that you didn't know about before the first lockout. So you definitely want to wait until during the round. The other reason that you want to wait until during the round is, like I mentioned, for those late changes. So you'd hate to get in a gun or a semi-gun and have them drop out of the side or have someone, you know, that you think is pretty reliable end up getting benched because it's a non-top eight side and they want to look at some young guys or give someone else an opportunity. So definitely wait as long as you can during the round before you execute your trades to give yourself the options, like we've said all along, even more important in the last two weeks. So when we're looking at the last two rounds, there's really two main things to, to work with and to review. One's the draw, and the other thing is the players. So let's have a quick look at the draw first of all. With the draw, um, I'd probably say the good teams, the teams that have the best next couple of games, uh, are the Bulldogs that hit the Cowboys and then the Broncos, uh, Newcastle Knights that hit the Titans and then Penrith, the Dragons who hit the Tigers and then Titans, and the Broncos who hit the Eels and Dogs. Obviously, the dogs have been playing pretty well too, so I'm not just putting them there, um, you know, disparagingly against their recent performances, but um, the Eels this week should be a pretty good matchup as well. So for this week exclusively, you can also probably add Souths to the list who play the Warriors. Um, that's a really premium matchup for this round as well. So they're probably the good sides that I'm looking at with the draw. And look, you wouldn't just trade in players just because of the draw. It's just one of the many factors that you can consider when you're having a look at it. The not as good teams, Warriors are at the top of the list, but we're 100%. They play Souths this round. And, you know, Souths haven't been fantastic lately, but they also haven't been leaking huge scores either, and the Warriors haven't been good. And then they hit the Raiders in that final round. This week only, um, Penrith play the Roosters, which isn't great for them. Manly playing the Storm, which, again, isn't great for them. And to a lesser extent, the Sharks are playing the Raiders. It's a big Paul Gallon final Shark Park game, so they should all be up for it. The stuff wouldn't surprise me if they get a win, uh, but it can very well be a grind-out win of a low-scoring game that isn't going to be great for Supercoach potentially. So a few teams there to consider that maybe, you know, you would have fancy players from, say, the Sharks, for instance, um, or definitely, you know, some of the players from Manly that have been um, guns for you know, the past few years in the Trevojevich brothers maybe aren't looking as appealing. So let's move on to the players. Um, with the buys, a lot of these guys I'm looking at as buys just for the next two rounds and also potish buys as well. 
there's not really a lot of point at, at, at this end of the season. Um, I think buying guys that are heaps heavily owned, with a few exceptions, uh, mainly because of what I said earlier, where you know over two rounds everyone's on a much more even playing field. Your chances of winning a trade by getting someone who's you know five percent owned versus someone who's forty percent owned are much much higher to come out on top on those, and you're going to probably need to as well. Um, that's that's where your ranks are going to increase quite a bit at this point because you have to make up so much more ground in points you know, in the last couple of rounds of the season in Supercoach to get anywhere at all movement-wise from where you are. Um, compared to maybe, you know, two months ago, you didn't have to make up that many points. So really important just to go for the last two weeks of the season. Player-wise, um, at the top of my list for guys that I would consider buying is Watson at the Knights. So Connor Watson is starting at nine again this week. And look, I tell you what, he's playing the Titans, and the Titans' defence really everywhere isn't fantastic. But their defence up the middle for a running hooker like Connor Watson could really open up. Now, he's coming off a disappointing um, disappointing couple of weeks for the Newcastle Knights as far as how they've been playing, so that might be a little bit of a concern. But his form has been really good. Um, you know, he only played 54 minutes um, against the Cowboys in round 22. And he scored 82 points in those 54 minutes. Um, he wasn't um, as good the week before in only 39 minutes at 45 points, but his PPM still remained really good. Before that, he had 75 points in 80 minutes uh, with no tries, line breaks, um, 76 the week before, 52 the week before, 74 the week before. He's actually been hitting a lot of 70s in his 80-minute games. Now, Newcastle at the moment... 14 to 17 bench spots are all forwards. It's a four forward bench and none of those guys can move to hooker. That could change. Maybe Kurt Mann comes into the side. Um, but, you know, he has played um, an 80-minute game at hooker in round 20 recently. Um, and it, it looks like Denny Levi's out of the picture as well. So at the moment, I would probably peg him for 80 minutes against uh, the Gold Coast Titans. For his type of game, that's going to be premium. So you can also have him... Uh, as a 5'8 or a fullback. So that gives you a lot of options um, to drop someone, potentially at 5'8. If you own someone like Milford, um, you could drop them. Even someone like Sean Johnson may not score that well this week against Canberra, um, and he might be a drop for a Connor Watson. But I really like Watson. He's very affordable at 527K as well, so he should be pretty much a straight swap for a lot of your players that you trade out. Uh, and he looks really good. Even his final game against Penrith isn't bad either. Uh, he could go well against them as well, particularly in a last game where a side like Newcastle could just let loose and um, could end up just throwing the ball around a lot, and Watson could get a lot of attack. So love Connor Watson. I think he's a really good buy um, just for the last next couple of weeks. The next guy on the list is uh, Pappenhausen at the Storm. So he's starting at fullback. Um, Brody Croft has been on the outer a little bit. Um, on the weekend against the Titans, he scored a massive 123 points in 80 minutes at fullback. Now, when you're looking at his 80-minute games, it is a small sample size, but it is absolutely phenomenal. You know, you've got 80 minutes against the Titans at 123 points in round 23. Um, you've got 80 minutes in round 18 versus the Titans, where he scored 108, so two of them are against the Titans. Um, but then against the Roosters in round 15, he played the 80 minutes at one and scored 71. 
uh, and then 80 minutes against the Tigers in round 10, he scored 87 points. And this is a guy who scored 119 points in round 9 versus Para in 31 minutes. So he's just a points machine. His PPM is 1.42. Um, obviously, his minutes have been up and down, so it's hard to get a gauge, but he's an electrifying player. Um, even playing against Manly this weekend, um, he could do very well. He's 485k, so he's very affordable. And that round 25 matchup against the Cowboys is at Amy Park. He's a phenomenal play in round 25 versus the Cowboys. He, he could absolutely tear them up. Um, I've got no doubt. And for a guy who's you know only been averaging 33 minutes a game to have three tons um, and a lot of other big scores and averaging 48 points a game. He's just electrifying. It looks like that he's going to keep the number one spot the next couple of weeks. Really like him as a pod. Next couple are for the Ford buyers. So Broncos look pretty decent, like I mentioned. Um, Eels up at Suncorp um, and then Dogs after that in round 25. Not too bad. A couple of Fords really stick out. The first one is a guy who had a lot of pre-season interest, uh, and that is Big David Fafita. Obviously, ended up on the bench, um, wasn't going as well, uh, was in and out of the starting lineup. Um, you, you basically couldn't own him at the start of the season. But pretty much from round 13, aside from one round where he wore the number 16 jersey, he's been starting, and he's been doing really well of late. He was an absolute beast on the weekend. For anyone that saw the game, he had an enormous amount of tackle breaks. And, you know, if you look at some of the other sites, like Supercoach um, stats that they use at Fox Sports, I don't count a lot of tackle breaks that other sites do. Some of the more lenient sites of tackle breaks counting were counting him at 20-plus tackle breaks. He was just breaking tackles left, right, and center. Um, he was making line breaks, scoring tries, got a double. He's scored 121 points versus South at home at Suncorp. Um the Eels also led in a lot of points against opposing forwards for super coach purposes. So he just ticks a lot of boxes. He's a guy that can score some tries, rack up the tackle breaks and line breaks, and even get the yard assist as well. So he's someone who I would be very, very keen on buying for this week. Um, I think that he's going to outperform the next two weeks a lot of more fancied options like Gerbo uh, and some other forwards potentially as well. I'm very big on David Fafita. I wish I had some trades left because I would be getting David Fafita in. He's um, he's looking like he's going to finish the season on fire. TPJ's out as well. He's got that edge spot, and he just looked monstrous on the weekend for 121. Wouldn't surprise me if he scored another ton this weekend. Uh, likewise in the Broncos pack, someone who's gone a little bit more under the radar is Matt Lodge. Um, and I'll bring up Matt Lodge for a couple of reasons. He... Um, He's been scoring really consistently. He probably deserves a lot more credit. When me and Billy did um, the podcast about six weeks ago, we were looking at uh, pot options for the run home. Lodge was on the list. Um, he was in the top 50 for five-round averages when we were going through it, but didn't end up um, talking about him just because the other guys looked like better options. But he should have been talked about. Um, so on the weekend, he scored 76 points against South. Um, 54 of that was in pure base. And then before that, he went 56, 59, 72, 90, 66, 81, 66, 55, 56, and 67, going back to the round 12 buy. So pretty much from that first buy, um, he's been super consistent, and he's had the upside to hit the occasional um, 80 and 90 point score. 
The 90-point score that he had in round 19 did have a try. But one of the great things I love about Lodge is, one, front row forwards become pretty hard as far as getting premium points. But two, he's playing Parramatta this weekend. And Parramatta are number one for Supercoach for giving up tries to opposing front row middle forwards. And Lodge is one guy that could benefit from that. When we go through TLT, uh, the Broncos have a couple of middle forward concerns as well. So Joe O looks like he's going to be out. And um, one of the other Broncos uh, middle forwards off their bench is probably going to be out too. I can't recall if it was Carrigan or Fleetler, but it's one of them. So that means that Lodge is probably going to be looking at at least um, minutes in the 60s, which he seems to get when they're down. Um, otherwise, normally he might have been, you know, mid-50s in his, in his minutes. So he's going to get the minutes. Um, Parra's a premium opposition for a front row forward to be playing. He's been scoring well. He just got a 76 on the weekend against South without a try and without a line break. Really like him at front row forward. It's a really lean position. Hardly anyone owns Matt Lodge. For the next two weeks against Power and the Dogs, um, he could do much better than some of the more fancy front row forward options that are out there. Next one, we're going to go over to South and Cody Walker is someone who has been pretty up and down after a blistering start to the season. We've spoken about that quite a bit. He's only costing 480k, so he's going to be a straight swap for most of your 5-8 options that you might have. This is all about this round for Cody Walker. He's playing the Roosters in round 25. He's not going to go that well there. But for this round, probably the best matchup for this round is South versus the Warriors for super coach points. Um, South have a big chance to really put some on the Warriors because they're under a bit of pressure. And Cody Walker matches up exceptionally well um, against the Warriors. Don't forget, this is a side that he scored 150 points against in round five, uh, scoring those four tries, and he absolutely carved them. He loves playing teams like the Warriors, um, and I think that he's in for a big game. I would buy him just for this week. He, uh, he scored 60 on the weekend with a try, which wasn't fantastic. The week before, he was 23, which is really disappointing, but he went on a 60, 70, and 108 run before that. So his five-round average is actually 64. And, you know, if you take out that one dud, his four gun scores, he's actually averaging about 85 points across those four. So he has been doing a lot better. He's been scoring tries a bit more. Um, after a, um, a half a dozen game drought, he's actually scored three out of the last five games. So I would bank on him either scoring a try or getting bulk attack against the Warriors this week. Um, and I think that he's going to be a better option than, say, a Munster, um, certainly a better option than a Milford, um, and probably a better option than an SJ as well. So he's probably going to be a great play this week to get Cody Walker in at 480k. Um, should put up bulk points against the Warriors. Moving out of the Dogs, because I mentioned that the Dogs have a fairly favourable draw. Someone that we did mention six weeks ago as a bit of a pod option, and he was a real pod and only about 1% owned, was Will Hopper-Arty. Now, Hopper has been going pretty well since we mentioned him. Um, he's had some lower scores. Um, so around 21 and 22, he only went 40 and 41. But that's kind of his floor um, because he's got a pretty good baseline. So he's actually scored 118 points last weekend with only one try involved in that against the Parramatta Eels, which was a mammoth score. And before his 240s, the two weeks prior to that 118, he went 72, 80, 54, 112, 79, and 77. He has been killing it. Um, he has got um, basically a 50% strike rate in his try scoring the last sort of 10 weeks. Um, and he's coming up against a North Queensland side 
who can definitely leak some points in that back line and on those edges that he's on. So it you know, wouldn't surprise me if he gets some attack. Uh, I think that he's a very, very good player this week if you own him. If you don't, he's a centre wing that not many people are going to have. The dogs are obviously playing some pretty good football. Hopper's done it for 10 weeks straight now where he's been on fire. So pretty comfortable to say that he's going to continue it. They do have the added benefit of playing the Broncos at home in round 25 around from, away from Suncorp, and the Broncos haven't been fantastic defensively either um, with a couple of their edges leaking points too. So Hopper looks like a really good centre wing option if you wanted to take a chance on him for the next two weeks. He's very likely to outperform some of the more fancy centre wing options that maybe have some harder matchups. Or guys that have just been really disappointing, like, for instance, Gutherson, I thought would be a lot better in some of the premium matchups that he's had. And he's just been a real dud. You know, someone like Hopper is going to be a lot better than him. So moving along on the same side, Harawira Naira um, was a guy that we, we pinpointed as being fantastic earlier in the season when he got his starting jersey. Uh, and he was going great, and then he got dropped um, and then we had to just bite the bullet and get rid of him before the buys. He's got his starting jersey back, um, and really since that round 16 buy, um, he's been playing 80 minutes and he's been back to form. Since round 17, he's gone 93, 33, 67, 67, 45, 86, and 45. Obviously a couple of lower scores in there, um, but I mentioned that the Cowboys have got some weak edges Um Howie and I are somebody who likes to offload. He can get some tries and some attacking occasionally. The Cowboys are a side that he played in round seven. Now, I owned him for that, and I don't know if some of you guys recall, but round seven Cowboys game is where he scored 141 points, and he was just absolutely carving them up. That's his career-high supercoach score against the Cows. He's got them again this week, albeit it is up in Cairns, um, but... In saying that, he should still be a really good play for this week. The Broncos as well have very weak edges for opposing supercoach forwards. So he's actually got two weeks of premium matchups for an edge forward. And he is an edge forward that hits attack and gets the offloads and the tackle breaks. So really high on CHM for the next two rounds. He's a guy that you could throw in um, at your centre wing. Or you could even just put it in your second row with some of the injuries and things that have been happening or underperforming guys as well. So I'd be pretty comfortable having a look at CHN as well for the next couple of weeks. Last thing that we're going to quickly look at is the Eels because their matchup is pretty good, but these guys are highly owned that we're going to talk about. If you don't own Manu Ma'u, um, firstly, I feel very sorry for you because he's been carving. Secondly, make him your first priority just to get him in. He's still not massively owned. Um, he's um, in the mid-20s on his ownerships. A lot of guys don't have a lot of trades to get him in. Um, playing the Broncos this week, I just mentioned they've got that weak edge. They play mainly after that, but he's at Bank West, which is a little bit better for him. But really, this week against the Broncos... Mao's got a chance to go three weeks in a row turning up. You know, 22, he scored 132 points against the Titans. Round 23, he scored 109 points against the Bulldogs. This round against the Broncos, even though it's at Suncorp, big potential for him to get towards another ton. Um, he's just been playing superbly. He's in fantastic form. And for Supercoach, he's been offloading, he's been tackle-breaking, he's been line-breaking, and he's been scoring a try here and there as well. So... Big potential. Um, I'd even say that he's a he's a sneaky long shot option to go over for a try against the Broncos. Uh, and I could not go into this round without having Manu Ma'u in my side. So he's probably the number one buy if I didn't have him for this round. Um, 
in saying that, Mitchell Moses is someone who has kind of proved me wrong. I wasn't a fan midway through the season because I didn't think that he was going to keep it up. He really has. Um, he had a quiet game against the Bulldogs on the weekend, but he still scored 48 points. Um, before that, he scored 99 against the Titans, as we expected, and he looked like a great buy for them. He's been pretty consistent. Um, now, against the Broncos in round 14, he put up 65 points, which is almost a relatively quiet 65 points for him. He's got a good chance this week that there's going to be quite a bit of attack. The Broncos have got a few forwards out. Um, the Broncos haven't been playing fantastic, and this Eels-Broncos matchup has, has the opportunity to have quite a few points in it um, if Parramatta's attack clicks. Obviously, it didn't at all against the Dogs, but it did superbly against the Titans. I tend to think that it's going to be more like a Titans game than it's going to be like a Bulldogs grinding game. So this week, um, if I didn't have Mitchell Moses, there's a lot of guys that I would be selling to get him in, potentially, that are going to do better, uh, that are going to do worse than him over the next two rounds of football. So let's have a talk about the guys that you could look at selling. First up, there's some really popular guys that are heavily owned. And, you know, if you did this eight, ten weeks ago, it, it would probably be a little bit crazy and you probably shouldn't have been doing it. But again, doing it for two weeks for some of these options we've just spoken about, you can end up a huge winner if you look at it that way. Jerbo's at the top of the list. So, you know, I, I was saying today to a couple of mates that I was chatting Supercoach with, I, I was really disappointed um, that I made a trade when I didn't have very many to make six weeks ago to get Jerbo in because he really has been very underwhelming. Now, he hasn't been terrible. Um, he's still got a five-round average of 62, three-round average of 59. It's solid. But on the weekend, he scored 69 points with a try, and it's only his second try of the year as well. Uh, you know, you expect a lot more from Jerbo when he goes over for a try. The week before that, he was 47 points against the West Tigers and 61 the week before against the Warriors, 52 the week before against the Knights. He, his best score actually came against the Storm with 81 points where he, he made like 65 tackles um, and he's playing them this week again. Um, I don't want to rely on his base tackles to get him um, a big score against the Storm. He's passing before the line a lot more. It looks like Hasler's really played havoc with his um, super coach game. Um, he's just not taking as many hit-ups at the line or playing as much at the line with his brother either. So I would be very comfortable at this point to swap Taroyevich out if you had the trades because he is highly owned at around, you know, and he's been highly owned all year. To go from a Taroyevich to a Mao is huge, but even to, to take the take the plunge and go full pod and go to a Fafita um, or even a CHN, you know, that could work out really well for you. He's definitely someone who played the Storm this week. It's really hard to play him over some of the other options, even though he tackled well last time. Um, and then he's playing the Eels, which is a little bit better, but you know what? Jerbo's been that disappointing. Even playing against the sides that you're hoping he's going to hit attack or do better against, he just hasn't done it. He scored 46 and 59 points against the Gold Coast Titans this round. And, you know, if you can't even put up 60-plus against them, I don't think you can rely on the draw to kind of save him. And it is at Bankwest Stadium in round 25 where power are very good normally. His brother is a lot more controversial still, um, but... Tommy has really been, um, I guess the argument was always, you know, Turbo and Teddy, and some people could argue Turbo pretty comfortably, but aside from his 117 against the Tigers, you know, the last month of football has been so disappointing. He had a 48, a 46, and a 23 in there on the weekend, and you know, his 117 is great to have in the last month, but those other scores are just so low, and probably the more concerning thing for him 
I haven't really liked how he's been looking personally from a football perspective. If you're having a look at him, you know, when you're comparing him and Teddy, Teddy's always pushing up in support. He's always a very active player. He's always very involved. And he's always getting some ball to be an early playmaker. And he's getting early ball in the play where he can look at, assess the defensive line and make some plays, get some try assists. Turbo is just not putting himself in that position. He just doesn't seem to have the enthusiasm or work ethic of Teddy. And he's just not hitting the line trying to bust it as much as what you'd like. And his support play just hasn't really been there. I, I'd be very comfortable with the Storm this round to take a punt on getting Trevojevic out and getting someone like Pappenhausen in. Um, or you know something or even like Cody Walker um, might end up being a player as well or even a Watson the next two rounds could outscore Tom Trevojevic these are the type of um, out of the box decisions you've got to make these last couple of rounds you know because very very easily Tom Trevojevic could be outscored by half a dozen different options um, because he just hasn't been playing that well now obviously you can never tell maybe Tommy fires up the last two rounds and he has a blinder or whatever but Based on recent form and based on numbers, it's, it kind of points to the fact that there's a high chance that he's going to be outperformed by some of these other options. So um, definitely a consideration to have a look at. Um, a couple of other uh, highly owned options. Uh, Nakora and Sherry are two sharks that are pretty highly owned. Nakora in particular is still very highly owned. He's obviously been going a lot better lately. Um, so since you know we've said on this podcast to sell him a few times, He's, he's managed to follow that up with a good score. So in round 18, he got 103. Round 23 last week, he got 90 points with a try. Um, and he got a try against South in round 20 with 63 points. In between those, though, he had a 42, 38, and 46. And unfortunately, his super coach stats are very much um, like what you're going to get from a center wing rather than a back row. You know, if he's not doing too well, you're going to get 30s or 40s if he's not hitting a try. And if he hits a try, you might only hit 60s. You might be lucky enough where he hits a 90 or 103 like he has as well. Uh, I'd be very tempted with the Raiders this week um, and one of the best defences in the competition. Even though it's a sharp park, it's, it's got grind written all over it. Um, I'd be very tempted for him and Sherry to go out. Um, although um, some of the Raiders outside back defence, um, like PJ Leilua, Hasn't been great, but BJ's going to be out this week as well. So I'd be a bit tempted to have a look at your Sharks and, and have a look at some moves. Nathan Cleary um, has been pretty good, but he's also a guy who is close to 20% owned that probably should be sold now, I reckon, as a higher owned sell. He's uh, got the Roosters this week. It doesn't look good for the Penny Panthers. Um, they're not playing very good football at all. I expected him to go well against the Cowboys. He only threw up 37 points. He should have probably gone well against the Broncos too, and 55 was solid, but not as much as you'd hope when he scored a try as well. Roosters this week is going to be um, potentially a bloodbath for them. If not, it's going to be a hard one for him to score well in. And then he's got the Knights at home where you know anything could happen that last round. So he's a prime candidate. He's worth 610000 so take your pick. You could probably go. Um, you could go out to a Watson at five eight if you got the jewels. Um, you could even you'd go out to a Cody Walker, um, or you could go straight across to a Mitchell Moses, which I'd definitely be considering as well. So definitely, these next two rounds don't look good for Nathan Cleary, uh, and really the Panthers as a whole might might collapse in this last couple of rounds of the season with how they've been playing. The last ones I'll quickly mention are, are Warriors. I think the Warriors have the worst draw out of anyone. So if you own Mamalo or RTS, you should be dumping them right now. 
100%. There's a million different better options. They're guys that um, I would definitely be selling. They'd be at the top of my list. Against Souths this week, at least they're at home, but they haven't been playing great. Raiders around 25 is a terrible game for them. So, yeah, they're two really good sells to have a look at. Um, and probably the, the main ones, there's obviously some other guys that you can play around with too that are going to be highly owned that you might prefer to sell. Um, but we're going to go straight into TLT now, and it's going to be a bit of a briefer one. The first game in the round, which is the Cowboys versus the Bulldogs. So changes-wise, um, we've got Jaden Oakenball back. Um, he's an interesting money ball option. I'd certainly be looking at him for money ball um, against the, the Cows. And for the Cowboys, um, as you other name in the halves, but um, Jake Clifford's in the extended bench. Interesting game, this one. Cows have been playing pretty well. Um, Tom Malolo, I feel really sorry for anyone that sold him last week because he absolutely carved up. He, um, he scored massive, getting a ton. He could do really well this week again against the Dogs. I'd certainly be playing him still, even though his minutes have come down. Um, he looked he looked a lot better last week. Um, not much else to write home about for the Cowboys, but obviously we mentioned a few um, key guys in Howard Naira and also Will Hopalati for the Bulldogs that could do well. Uh, I actually like the Bulldogs in this one. Um, I don't see any uh, real captaincy options. Um, if you wanted to get tricky with your captaincies, um, you could vice captain someone like Will Hopalati, but you know it's probably not an option. Um, I, I'd probably steer clear of this one for the captaincy options. But I do think the dogs, even as outsiders, two dollars ten on Sportsbet, are probably going to end up getting the getting the money with the way that they're playing. Um, so I quite like them. I reckon that they're um, going to be tight winners if the Cowboys turn up. But uh, I like the dogs in this one and. Supercage points, so I think it might be reasonable. The next game is the Warriors versus Rabbits, and this is my favourite game of the round for Supercoach. Uh, I think this one's going to have the Supercoach points for sure. Um, Sam Burgess is back for the, for the Rabbits, which is surprising. Um, I thought with a bit of a quad tear he was going to be out. I'd certainly be laying him. There's no way I'd play Sam Burgess at the moment if you owned him um, because he, he looks like he was going to get less minutes last game than he got. Um, injured anyway, and he's only missed a week from a, a small quad tear. He's so likely to do that again or to be playing at 70%. There's no way you could play him. Alex Johnson returns. That's really going to help them. Um, and it means that Adam Dewey still retains his fullback spot, but Alex Johnson's on the wing. There might be a change there, um, but their back line looks a lot better with no uh, you know, forwards in there like Lowe or Turner. They've got a legit back line now, and I think that's going to benefit Cody Walker quite a bit. Damien Cook's been in great form, um, and he is 100% a VC or even C option outright in this game against the Warriors. He he could carve up the Warriors in that middle. Uh, I really like him this week. Um, the other guy, as an outside one, um, is if you really want to go balls out, Cody Walker, like I mentioned, uh, scored his 150 points against the Warriors early in the season. They do have the, the type of game where they're going to benefit Um well, Cody Walker's going to benefit, I should say. So I'd certainly be um, considering him as a ballsy one. But I like Souths to win this one comfortably. I think they'll win 13-plus in this one and come back into form a little bit. Broncos versus Eels is the next Friday night game. Like I mentioned, um, the Broncos were meant to have no changes, but it's come out now that Joe O injured himself at training and is now looking unlikely. Um, and it's either Flegler or Carrigan 
Um, I believe it was Carrigan that looks like that he's injured and, and possibly not going to play as well. For the Eels side of things, um, Ferguson returns to the wing with uh, Takarangi dropping out, which is a um, which is a big help for the back line for the Eels as well. Um, Nathan Brown's out. He's replaced by Nakore in, um, in the back row. That's pretty bad for Brownie owners. Um, you know, he was looking like a really good pod buy a few weeks ago, and he wasn't disappointing. Now that he's suspended, you can't really help that. It doesn't mean it was a bad buy. It's just a bit unlucky. Like I mentioned, as far as the prime candidates this game, I, I think this is a pretty good super coach game, potentially. Um, I would certainly be looking at maybe if you wanted to go for an upside half VC. If you think that the Eels might go on a scoring spree, Mitchell Moses VC could work out. Other than that, though, there's probably no sort of VC or C options. I'd really be that interested in myself personally. Um, but I would be I'd be 100% eyeing off David Fafita as a buyer, and I'd 100% be playing him. And I probably lied a little bit with the Broncos. Payne Huss has actually become um, a very reliable captaincy option, and he's been busting through making line breaks and getting some tries lately as well, more so than before. Um, and the Eels do give up points to uh, opposing forwards. So I mentioned that Matthew Lodge um, might be able to get a try against the Eels because, again, prop forwards score tries against the Eels. Um, that makes Payne Haas an even better um, option to maybe get that. So if you really want to just go for it, you could very well go for a C Haas and you might end up with a 100-plus score there. Definitely an option. I'm pretty happy to play most of my Eels as well. Clint Gutherson's been pretty disappointing. Um, he's probably a hard play at the moment. Wouldn't surprise me if he goes well against the Broncos, but you've probably got better options. My mate Mike Acevo has really let me down lately. He only scored like 20 points against the Titans. It was um, Sorry, he only scored like 20 points last round. Really disappointing. I'm probably going to play him anyway, though, because I really don't like the Broncos outside defence. Um, I, I think that he's still going to score a try. Um, and the fact that he's gone on a little bit of a scoring drought the last month in tries just probably means that he's going to score one. Um, he's probably getting closer to scoring another try. Uh, I don't know who's going to win this one, but I'm, I think I'm going to take the Eels. They uh, they tend to have a pretty good um, record against the Broncos, even up at Suncorp. So I think the Eels might step up in this one. I'm definitely going to bench Anthony Milford, though, I think. Um, but maybe I'll get desperate closer towards this um, second Friday game, and I'll, I'll change my mind. We'll have to wait and see. But, geez, Lodge, Haas, and Fafita all look like really good plays against the Eels when you're looking at the packs. Knights, Titans, and the next one. Geez, the Knights have been disappointing. I'm not going to go into it, but far out. If you want to know how to not manage a football club, just take a leaf out of the Knights book. They've been horrendous lately. It'd be a real tragedy if they lost someone like um, Kalen Ponga because of how they've been managing themselves. But um, hopefully they bounce back this week. If they're ever going to bounce back, it's going to be against the Titans. It's going to be at McDonald Jones Stadium, and it's going to be after the sprays that they've copped this week and an old boys' day as well this weekend. So... Kalen Ponga, he becomes a risky um, but worthwhile um, centre or a C or VC option. Um, it could be a, it could be a great move to see him because of how badly he's been going lately. Um, a lot of people will probably lay off more so than what would normally happen when he's playing the Titans. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes 100 plus. That's going to be my big call for this game. Kalen Ponga will score a try. Um, and he will score 100-plus. That's my big balls call for this one and for this round. Um, obviously, Connor Watson, you're definitely going to be playing. Levi's got a ribs injury. There's no chance of him coming in. 
The only chance is if Kurt Manning Jersey 18 comes onto the bench, which is the only real concern and threat for Watson, but I think that's probably going to be unlikely. Um, on the Titan side of things, there really isn't much to write home about, so let's just skip that one altogether. I'm going to go for the Knights bounce back. Knights to be 14-point winners over the Gold Coast Titans. Seagull Storm. So last time this was a, um, I think, 11-10 Seagulls victory. Um, wasn't too bad for some of the super coaches who still scored well, like the Trevojevic brothers. This one's at Lotto Land. But Joel Thompson's out for the Eagles with a broken arm, um, replaced by Sirenin. So it's a good in for them, but Thompson's been doing some good stuff. Um, other than that, we've got Will Chambers returning at centre and Curtis Scott dropping out for the Storm. Brody Croft has missed 17 yet again. Hughes is at halfback. Pappenhausen's at fullback. That's probably all you need to know as far as the Pappenhausen uh, security at fullback. Um, I'd be getting him in and I'd be playing him if you like him. Um, Interesting for someone like Cam Munster, though. Certainly for Smith, you can still play him. He's been doing too well not to. But Cameron Munster becomes a bit of a pod lay. Um, and I'd potentially um, bench Munster this game, playing at Lotto Land away and with how he can just throw up some 40s um, and how dour that last contest was. Um, I, I'd be pretty comfortable benching Munster or even just trading him out and going for someone with more upside this week, like a Cody Walker, if you got the trades. On the Seagull side of things, Hate playing um, both the Trevojevic brothers at the moment. Probably going to have to play Tom myself, um, but certainly I'm going to be looking at benching Jake because I just think there's so many better options. Uh, I don't know how this one's going to go, so I'm going to go for a um, I'm going to go for a storm win this time because the Seagulls won last time, but I think it's going to be a tight one, and I don't think it's going to be kind for super coaches, unfortunately. This next game, I think, will be kind for super coaches. It's the Roosters versus Panthers at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Sean Mitchell's back, which is great. Um, Boyd Cordner has been included in the reserves as well, and he's aiming for a comeback. Some of the rumours and everything suggested that Cordner was definitely going to come back this week. Um, I would be surprised if he doesn't. It becomes a little bit interesting because Takiyaho is in Jersey 17 as well. Um, Liu is playing prop. He can easily drop back. Um into either a bench role or even a, a number 13 role if they really change things around. With how Robbo is going, it's really hard to tell what he's going to do. Now, I say all of that because if you own Angus Crichton as a um, pod option, he's been doing really well lately. But, you know, it, it could easily be that Boyd Cordner comes in and Crichton drops out rather than Mitch Orbison. It wouldn't surprise me. It's not what I would do, but I would just be pretty wary of that. This whole Roosters backline, though, um, looks primed um, against the Panthers. Uh, and, you know, Mitchell, Tupo, and Tedesco are actually all in the top six try scorers for this year for NRL. Uh, all those guys could do well again against the Panthers, who have been looking pretty disappointing with their changes. They've got Yao out and Fisher-Harris shifting to lock and um, Moses Leota starting at prop. So we've got um, some late news as well that... They may not have a hooker for this game, the Panthers, so their middle could be a little bit interesting. I really like the Roosters in this one. I wouldn't be playing any Panthers. Um, and when we're having a look at captaincy options, there is some really good ones um, matchup-wise, like Ponga versus Titans, um, Haas versus the Eels, and Damien Cook as well versus the Warriors. They're all prime options that we've spoken about. But geez, you'd be a brave man to just take to just not leave the C on Tedesco the whole year. You know, you could have thrown it on him from round 18, and he's gone 95, 99, 155, 82, 
134. If you left the captaincy on him for that six-round run, you'd be doing extremely well. He's 840,000 at the moment. I can't believe people were looking at not owning him and owning um, RTS or Turbo in his place instead. He's proven himself over the last couple of months as being the number one super coach player. He's averaging 84 points a game. He's got a three-round average of 105, a five-round average of 114. I'm not even going to talk about him like you don't own him because you should. And if you do, um, he's definitely a prime C option. As far as him firing, he scored a try in five of the last six games. Uh, and that's all you really need to know. He's playing at home against the Panthers, who have been poor. Great C option for this week again. And I will again ride my sports bet of Roosters to win, um, Mitchell, Tupo, and Teddy all to score a try. That's come through, I think, three out of the last six games that they've all played. Um, and it's normally between sort of 6 and $8. So not a bad one on sports bet if anyone wants to take a punt there. Uh, I'm going to go for the Roosters for a good win. Um, probably not a smash-up, but I reckon there'll be 16-plus winners in this one and take home the W. On to the next one. We've got the Sharks versus the Raiders at Points Bet Stadium. Um, so a couple of interesting things here. Um, we've got Katoa back, replacing Fecky, who's out injured. We haven't seen much of Katoa this year. Jack Williams is out, replaced by Bakuya on the bench. Uh, it is Paul Gallon's um, last game at home as well, which is going to be um, a real big deal. Shark Park as well, or Points Bet Stadium as it's now called, is also closing up after this season. So they're going to get a packed um, stadium there for the Sharkies. It's going to be a huge atmosphere. The Sharks are going to be pumped up for it. Raiders-wise, um, Nick Kotrick shifts from wing to centre. Um, because Lolua is out because he had another brain explosion. Probably a blessing in disguise because, honestly, he looks so overweight and so unfit, and I'm so surprised that with the smart moves that Ricky Stewart's made this year and how well the Raiders have been going, you didn't just put him in reserve grade to make him earn his spot back and get some fitness. He looks like he hasn't worked out once, big Joey Lolua, and I think it's going to work out better for them that Bailey Simonson comes back into the side. Um, it's going to be a tough one because Sean Johnson's been playing really well, so it's tough to leave him out. And likewise, Sherry has been a really good strike centre out there, and Wade Graham's been phenomenal too. But Raiders is one of the best defensive teams in the competition. I'm sure the Sharks will step up, um, but if they step up and win, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a 18-16 type of scoreline. So it's a hard one. I'm probably still going to play SJ. I'd maybe even consider getting rid of Wade Graham um, if you're aiming for that month-long run that you've done well out of. Um, and Britt McCaw, I'd certainly look at potentially selling, like I mentioned before. For the Raiders, Bateman has become a must-play. Um, all those other players, though, um, are pretty hard to play for the Raiders' side. So for the most part, probably 75% of these supercoach-relevant guys I'm probably going to steer clear of this game. Um, SJ's upside is probably too good, though. And look, if you're playing Moneyball... Um, Paul Gallen is a pretty good money ball option. He's, he's not been getting his minutes have been up and down this year, but again, this is one of, this is his last game at home. He's going to get a lot of minutes and he's going to go in like it's his last game. And we all know Gal will play real hard. So I reckon he's in for a big game this week against that Raiders pack. Uh, I'm going to tip the Sharkies 18 16 winners. Don't like any of the C or BC options, so let's move on. Dragons versus Tigers is the last game of the round. Um, not a bad matchup here. Kafusi returns on the bench um, in place of host. Ben Hunt has been included in the reserves. Probably going to come in. 
Um, I would imagine that it's probably going to mean Tristan Saylor um, drops out and they do a bit of a, a spine reshuffle to get Ben Hunt in the side. Other than that, for the Tigers, it's the same 17 players with Moses Empire making out. Um, anyone's guess what happens this one. I can't pick what the Tigers or Dragons are going to do. The Dragons have got a much better roster than what they've been playing like, but they've been losing a lot. It is at the Sydney Cricket Ground, so it's away for the Tigers. They're not as good away, but who knows what the Tigers are going to do. Ryan Madison um, is probably the most relevant guy to talk about in this one in Jersey 13. Um, touch and go whether you want to play him. I probably would, though, because the Dragons' defence hasn't been fantastic. Good chance that he might get some points. He's not playing at hooker this week, which is great. We've got Josh Reynolds' name there. I'd just watch out if uh, there's a late change like there has been recently where uh, maybe Madison gets swapped to hooker or something. Um, if you did want to take a punt on some Dragons, I wouldn't do it myself, but you know what? They do have a good couple of week draw. If ever they're going to um, hit some attack, it's going to be now. Maybe you want to take a bit of a punt on some of their spine, but I just haven't seen enough from them to, to even want to warrant that. Uh, I'm going to go for... A Dragons upset, though. I think they step up here um, and they win in a tight one, probably high scoring of a 24-20 win. I'll go for with the Dragons. That wraps up the week, guys. Um, uh, sorry I haven't had as many podcasts lately, but obviously a little bit understandable. We'll be back in two weeks uh, with the end-of-season wrap-up review with Billy returning um, and potentially some other guests as well. Um even though we'll have another podcast, I want to thank everybody for listening and sharing us around and stuff. It's been really great. Um, the amount of listeners we've had has been really good. Really appreciate the feedback and the support. Um, it makes us a lot easy. It makes it a lot easier for us to put in the time and to do this. We don't have any sponsors or advertising or anything. We don't make any money out of it. We just do it for the love of the game. And we will be doing our uh, preseason podcast very early. So you know, in January when um, all the other Super Coach podcasts are asleep and. <laughs> Uh, doing too much, you know, I'll be right into it because I'm a fanatic. So when Supercoach opens, look out for our um, our preseason podcast next year as well, but we'll have another podcast in two weeks for you. As always, download us on SoundCloud or iTunes and follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Thanks a lot, guys. Good luck in the next two weeks for overall or head-to-head with your grand finals. I hope you win a lot of cash or at least some glory, and we'll chat to you again in a couple of weeks' time.